Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Playing with Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. Uh, this is a first for this episode. This is going to be the first time that I'm using something other than meeting someone face to face. But I had to have Jenny on the show. My um, guess is Jenny. You can inter- Hi. Uh, Jenny was, until recently, the uh, host of the 90s TV Hour podcast, which in a way, kind of inspired this podcast's existence. So there was no way I couldn't not have her on, you know, the one of the first episodes of the first season of Boy Meets World. Uh, so what episode are we talking about today? We're talking about Boys to Mensa, uh, which aired October 29th. Um, that can't be right. I wrote 2017. Uh, <laughs> 19, <laughs> 1993. Um, is where I'm just going to guess. I'm pretty sure these. this is the 1993 season, but whatever. Um, this was a weird episode for me. It's probably the most... Well, no, it's not even probably. It is definitely the most forgettable Halloween episode of the entire series of Boy Meets World. Because I forgot that it was a Halloween episode until I was watching it. <laughs> Yeah, it's barely a Halloween. It barely qualifies, and and anything that qualifies for Halloween is in the B plot. So yeah. So in this episode, we've got two storylines. Storyline number one is that Corey has taken it upon himself when he stumbled upon a uh, a list of all of the answers to an IQ test he was about to take. Decided to memorize every answer so that he would be seen as a genius. And all the wackiness that ensues from that storyline. And the other one is about his sister uh, wanting to be a zombie for Halloween. That's the entire B plot line. <laughs> yeah. And what kills me is like they thought they were so clever naming this boys to Mensa. Um, Mensa's not involved. It's not mentioned. It has nothing to do with anything. No. No. It's just a creative name uh, that is tied to nothing. Um, so there are there are a couple couple decent moments throughout. Uh, this was probably you know we're six episodes in. This one probably had the most chuckles out of me out of the six episodes that I've watched thus far for this. Um, but it is still far from the the greatness that this show would eventually achieve in later in later years. Um, I do want to. Yeah, these, this is, you should call this season the Good Morning Miss Bliss season because it's just it's rough and it's childish and it's just not not 
the most or best remembered part of Boy Meets World, and for good reason. Yeah, I, I mean, this is the this is the point in Boy Meets World where literally Ryder Strong's entire acting cue is to run his hands through his hair repeatedly at all times. Um, and, it, and I always say, do just always be the devil on Corey's shoulder. Oh, yeah, always, always, absolutely. But this is also like it just doesn't feel. And I've said this on every episode. It still doesn't feel like my my Corey Matthews. My Corey Matthews is a good-hearted guy who tries to do the right thing all the time and doesn't know anything about sports. Um, <laughs> but so let's start off with the episode where uh, Corey is wearing a clown nose in class. Feeney catches him wearing it, goofing around, and as a punishment, decides to make Corey wear the clown nose throughout the rest of the day. Um, he begins to hand out tests. And that's when Corey raises a, a point, which is that he got the same grade as another kid in class, but Feeney gave that kid a good job and Corey a not your best work, um, which makes it's 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 a little thing. And they come back to it later. But it's one of the, it's one of those little early moments that hints at how great of a teacher Feeney actually is by grading everyone fairly, but holding people accountable for their own abilities. Absolutely. He even pulls him aside and chastises him for calling out that kid when that kid worked really hard for that grade. Yes. And and uh, I think that, especially in this first season, um, Feeney is the person that I keep finding myself growing fonder and fonder of in these early episodes. And I remember as a kid, he was like always depicted, like in my mind, he was like, ah, that grouchy old Feeney, but like as an adult all i see is the teacher that i wish i had for every grade um yeah we should all be so lucky yeah uh and then so we have this episode we're, we're introduced to this Corey gets a detention um sean also happens to have a detention and that's when they find the piece of paper which leads to probably my favorite moment in the show which is later on when they're trying to to figure out what to do and Sean's like this isn't even our fault and he's like you're right like you know they left that piece of paper which we would have never even found if we weren't given detention in the first place <laughs> and and they say nothing is ever our fault and give each other high fives <laughs> it's my favorite line in the episode <laughs> um, besides you didn't tell me you were a genius Feeney did and I didn't tell Feeney I'm a genius the test did and you didn't ask to take the test. They gave it to me. And you wouldn't have even seen the answers. If they didn't give us detention. We're innocent victims. Nothing we do is actually our fault. It's good to be kids. <laughs> Definitely, the chemistry between them is apparent from the beginning, you know? Yeah, the, I, I, I think that they had really great chemistry in the start. Um, Minkus, I definitely wish, was in more seasons because... That kid's got solid delivery throughout the show. Um, he's just so good as that, like, obnoxious, geeky loser, but is, like, way... I don't know. There's, there's those moments where he's just, like, gets that one-liner in, and you're like, man, that kid really didn't do much after this. Yeah, it's a shame, because he's uh, he's got an interesting sort of charisma, and I remember finding him really annoying when I was a kid, but, like, now I just find him really adorable, and, like, you're absolutely right. His delivery is perfect. 
Like he he recites lines from uh, Moby Dick, and he like actually does a pretty good job. You know, he's he actually seems like he has read the material. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, his his haiku that he wrote as a bonus point on his uh on his homework. Um, yeah, he like he was in Gone Girl, but I'm looking through the rest of his IMDb, and it's really like not much going on here. Who was he in Gone Girl? He just played a police officer. Oh my god, I have to re rewatch that and look for <laughs> yeah, it. Like, like, I'm looking at it and it's like, police officer, younger version of Mike. Like, it's very... His career has not been much. I mean, this is 1993, and from 1993 to 2017, he has 19 acting credits to his name. Um his career has definitely been not nearly as good as it should be. Uh, so the other thing that I am always bummed out about this episode is like barely any Eric Matthews at all. He, and he's so, he's so white bread. Yeah. This is still boring old Eric Matthews. Like he's all he does in this episode is agree to take Morgan uh, costume shopping and then showing up after costume shopping. And he doesn't even try any like, funny schemes or anything he doesn't try like like the eric matthews i know would have kept the money to take out some hot babe and would have used trash from their garbage can to make a costume for morgan exactly that would have been a great episode that would have been a that would have been amazing yeah right? that would have been a plan b storyline which this show as we said really doesn't have um so because of Corey's cheating uh it's being looked at for him to transfer to a new school for smarter, gifted kids. Uh, and, you know, Corey proves. But the, the, this IQ test he's taking, it doesn't really work that way, does it? He was like, man, if I get a perfect grade on this, you get a perfect grade for the whole year based on one test? Like, I don't, I don't think that's a real thing. I think his theory was that, because remember earlier in the episode, he's like complaining about how Minkus gets special treatment. And Feeney's argument is, oh, because he's a genius. So, like, I think he was his scheme was to make Feeney think he was also a genius, so he would get special treatment. Okay, because that that would make more sense. Because I was confused when he was like, "Wow, a perfect score, <laughs> like or a perfect grade." He said something like that. I was so confused. But yeah, so that's that's like what it comes down to is this really weird scene where Corey's filling out the test, and there's like this overly obnoxious woman. Um, judging the entire family, uh, which does lead to my second favorite line, which is from Corey's dad, in which he says, she's a zombie. You got a problem with that? <laughs> which <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. If you're going to praise Mr. Feeney for being the ideal teacher, you have to praise the Matthews for being ideal parents because, you know, Morgan picked out this costume after Eric clearly told her a bunch of stories about zombies. And... They just go, well, we want to encourage her creativity and let her pick out her own clothes and pick out her own stuff. And that's exactly the philosophy I'm going to take on. Um, so I just think it was great. And like, you know, when she's done, they, the, this hoity-toity lady who I swear is a very popular character actress. She looks very familiar. I feel like I've seen her in a million things. Um, she wants to see if she's if Morgan is a genius like Corey is. And gives her a word association problem, and her answer is way off base. 
And the parents just, like, look at each other lovingly and laugh. Like, they don't care. They don't care if they have really smart kids. They just want their kids to be kids. And I love that. So that woman, uh, definitely in a lot more stuff than Minkus, uh, with (laughs) 111 credits to her name, um, including appearances in the movie 31, How I Met Your Mother... Uh, the five-year engagement, Two and a Half Men, the Hannah Montana movie. She was on Friends, right? She may have been. I'm still in the... the, Or Gilmore Girls? uh, Let's see. Monk. I think Gilmore Girls was in here, too. Yeah. I'm just scrolling through everything right now. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dharma and Greg. (laughs) Yeah, so she gets around, and I think it's because she has this um, prissy delivery, and it, it just makes her good for a certain type of Character. Yeah, it also may have been, you may have been thinking of Wings. She appeared in an episode of Wings and Mad About You. And so she just made the rounds in the Yeah, 90s pretty much, too. yeah. She just <laughs> appeared on every 90s show possible. Um, so the the only other thing that I really wanted to draw attention to um, is I love the scene in which Corey brings Sean back up to his room to yell at him for getting him in such a shitty jam and uh and sean very like laid back is just like so let me get this straight you're nervous because they're gonna make you take another iq test to prove that you deserve to go to this special school and Corey's like what are you saying i should throw the test he's like i think you should do the test and don't guess because i don't want you to accidentally get a question right like, it's such a, I love that version of Sean that he's just so, like, clear-minded and, and aware of his surroundings way more than Corey ever seems what to be. What are you talking about? Geniuses go to a special school. Did you know that? You killed me. I'm going to be in a class full of minkuses. Wait a minute, what am I talking about? These kids make minkus look like Fabio. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're putting you in another school? Yes. The lady's going to be here in a half an hour, and they're going to give me another genius test, and then they're going to take me away. So I just called you off to say goodbye. Or as genius to say, goodbye in Latin. (laughs) Hey, idiot. What? Are you a genius? No. Do you have the answers to this text? No. You kind of see where I'm going with this? You want me to throw the test? Oh, no, no, no. I want you to take the test to the best of your ability. And no guessing. I wouldn't want you to stumble into a right answer. (laughs) I would give anything to have the carefree attitude of whatever he's facing that Sean has. I know it's because of his shitty upbringing, but, like, seriously, he handles every situation like, we'll get through it. It's fine. We're going to have a good time. I, I, could, I would give anything to have that point of view. And I have more of Corey's point of view where it's like, don't open that envelope. It's addressed to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still, yeah, I still have that personality, uh, unfortunately. Um, Me too. So I, the other thing I want to say is that I, I will talk about this probably more as we get into seasons with the other Morgan. I don't know about you, but this is my preferred Morgan. I always found grown-up Morgan to be really obnoxious and, like, her delivery very forced, whereas this little girl just... Every line of dialogue, while it is kind of screamed, just feels way more natural to me. It's very Stephanie Tanner. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. 
Um, so, the only other thing that I have to do is at the end of this episode, we're going to play the final speech that Feeney gives because it is such a good speech about, you know, exactly what we talked about earlier. But before we get to that speech to wrap up the episode, this is the part of the show where I ask my guest what their history is with Boy Meets World. So, Jenny, what is your experience with Boy Meets World? Uh, Boy Meets World was a big reason why I wanted to start a 90s podcast. And the only reason that I'm not doing the podcast anymore is because I'm just taking a little break. I'm hoping to come back to it um, after a few months because I'm having a baby. Woo! Um, yeah, it's so exciting. Um, but, you know, I'm going to focus on that for a little bit. And uh, But the whole reason I wanted to start a 90s podcast was to talk about shows like Boy Meets World because, I mean, it's not like I'm watching kids shows nowadays, but... I don't really hear many parents or kids talk of the shows that they watch with such fondness. I feel like Boy Meets World was one of the few shows that had it all. It had, um, it was very family friendly, but it was also written by really smart writers that were really considerate of their characters and development and consistently for how, how many, however many seasons? Seven? Eight? Seven. Seven. And it's just this rare gem that keeps on delivering. And it didn't really launch any major careers. You know, I would say Writer Strong is probably the most successful. Um, but I gotta say, it, it managed to capture the age. It, like, it, it, it was something to grow up with. I grew up with this show. I was a little younger than Corey and, and Sean. Um, I was probably more Morgan's age, but I really, really every week would watch this show and just really felt like I was a part of the family and I was invested in everybody's lives, especially in Corey and Topanga, of course. And that never stopped until the show was over. And it was the first time I cried at a, a finale of a show. You know, it was, it was heartbreaking for me. I was letting go people that I really cared about. So... I, and it's such a blessing to be able to rewatch the show and see like, oh no, I was totally right. I was totally right to watch this show and love it because it is as amazing as I remember. You know, it's not like I'm watching Full House or Family Matters where it's like, oh God, how did I put up with this? Or like even to, <laughs> to advertise old episodes of your show, uh, listen to an episode that I appeared on where we became completely disillusioned by how bad Step by Step is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I knew I put that on in the background. I knew I didn't really care, but I didn't know that I, like, it was, like, a waste of my time. Like, it's not a good show. And it's really, I, I mean, that, I remember that episode really just hit me hard. Like, holy shit. How did I yeah, watch? we were angry. Well, because I was like, how did I watch so many years of this show? Like, I, I literally, I made a step-by-step -step reference yesterday. When someone was showing me how nice their RV was in their driveway, and I was like, oh, man, I could move in here like Cody. <laughs> like, like, well, that's all it's good for is Cody references. So Yeah, pretty much, and Cody ended up being a piece of trash anyway. So He certainly did, <laughs> and we learned... That was the day I learned that was the when you told me on that episode. Yeah. So. so definitely check out some old vintage episodes of uh, 90s TV Hour. But anyway, continue about your experiences with Boy Meets World. I mean, that's basically it, you know, and, and just like you, I just, you know, you see Feeney 
who is just a reflection of every good teacher I ever had. Um, and it helped me appreciate my teachers and, and he was an elder that I didn't mind listening to, you know, it's just, it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible show. Incredible. Well, I, I always, and I don't know if I talked about it on this show yet or not, but I, I remember watching an interview with Mr. Feeney where he says when he originally was approached about the role, he said no, because he was not in the business of making fun of teachers. He feels like it's a very underappreciated uh, profession. And the creator of the show said, no, I have a lot of respect for teachers too. And I want you because I believe that you can be the type of teacher that people look up to. And that carries through in this show, even an episode like this, which is like as a, as lackluster and vanilla as an early episode of boy meets world can get, I got a tear in my eye during the final speech from Feeney because, again, it made me just think of, like, God, there are great teachers in this world, and there's so few and far between. But you know what else I appreciated? Um, The tag at the very end where Feeney um, is totally out of his element and a total dork. (laughs) um, That's something you never see. He's handing out rulers for, for Halloween. And he comes over and he's mortified because, like, all the kids hate him <laughs> and are talking about him in front of his face. And he doesn't even real like, they don't realize. <laughs> it's like, did you hear Mr. Vini's handing out rulers? And he has this big bouquet of rulers <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just came over to, like, see if your parents can spare any candy. <laughs> and it was just, it was almost a Michael Scott moment. Like, it was, it was really funny and it was nice to see him in this vulnerable state and, like, he was looking all casual and it like it almost made him attractive in a weird way. So well, and I like there's that that awkward moment where he the the kid at the door says something like, My friend Corey says that you're the greatest teacher ever. And he's like, Whatever, Mr. Matthews, and he rips off the mask and it's not Corey. And he just goes, Take a take a ruler. Take all of the rulers and he throws Yeah, he just dumps <laughs> the bouquet into his pillowcase. It was hilarious. Oh, it's great. And it was so he's not infallible. He is a human being, um, and that's another reason to love the show. And if if the show had more moments like that, it would have been great from the first season. Yeah, I mean, second season it starts to come together, and then third season on is when it's just an unstoppable force. Um, so we'll get there soon. I, I had a few people message me saying that they wish that these episodes were longer, and I guarantee that as we get into seasons two and three that these will grow in length, but... The first season, it is there is very little substance to a lot of these episodes. Yeah, we gotta wait for Corey to get his first kiss before he really had well, much to that, analyze. That actually happened last week. All oh, right, it did. It did happen. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> um, so one last question for you: uh, Halloween is just a couple days away. Yes. I don't know about you, but I am big on always doing a nostalgia costume for Halloween. Do you have a nostalgia costume picked out this year for Halloween? I usually do. Um, two years ago, I was Dee Dee Pickles, and my husband was Stu, and my friend was Susie, and another friend was Reptar. Um, but this year, because I'm pregnant, I have a big old belly, and I want, had to incorporate it, and I couldn't think of anything like super nostalgic, so I'm going with a Game of Thrones costume. Nice. My, uh, my friend, when she was pregnant, uh, did... Her husband was dressed as Luigi, and she was dressed like a chomp. Oh, like she, that's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, like a chain hanging off of her back and just, like, got a black T-shirt and made the cutout, like, felt pieces to form the, the chomp face. That's a Shout great out, idea. 
Shout out to Lorelai. I think she listens. Um, I, this I am year, having a baby shower on Halloween. And um, for that, I'll be dressed as Juno. But again, that's not really nostalgic. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, this year, I'm going to announce it on here because, you know, some of you guys might not listen to my other podcast, Horror Movie Night. Um, I'm going to be Camp Counselor Ugly from Salute Your Shorts this year is going to be the nostalgic Halloween costume. Holy shit. I cannot wait to see that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the other, I, I had this idea. I'm gonna put it in my in my in my brain and save it for next year. But I came up with an awesome couple costume, which is uh, that you just do a lame like ghost costume, like just a bed sheet ghost costume, right? Okay. But you either bank on someone eventually tearing the sheet off of you. Or if it never happens, you take it off yourself and reveal that you are wearing perfect, um, perfect Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis costumes from Beetlejuice underneath. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that. I know. I was like, oh, that's so good. I don't have a girl that will do that one with me right well, now. If you wanted to do a solo version, you could do Michael Myers. That's true. I could do the Michael with Myers the same underneath. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the idea of, like, taking a really lame costume and then secretly having a great costume underneath it that's tied into the uh, the original costume. But thank you so much for checking, uh, ch- jumping on this episode and doing this episode. And listeners, thank you for continuing to listen to Playing With Squirrels, a Boy Meets World fan cast. You know, there's we're not getting the biggest numbers in the world, but we're getting a good tight group of listeners who really seem to like the show and that makes me super happy jenny you said that 90s tv hour is not dead it's just kind of in hibernation but the facebook page is going to continue to be alive and well until you come back correct yes as much as we can i'm I'm lucky enough where i have a couple other people that you know participate and i'm going to share as much as i can um you know until january it gets a little tricky um but yeah, no, I'm I'm still I'm still sharing on Facebook. I had a pretty awesome social media group of accounts there that were pretty active for a while. But for now, if you just want to follow um, or join our group, it's called '90s TV Hour Addicts. So jump in there, check it out. I mean, if you like, if you're, you're listening to a podcast about Boy Meets World, there's probably something at that Facebook page for you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> So thank you again so much. Congratulations on the baby. I'm so excited to to be a pod father. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hell yeah, the original. <laughs> uh, so guys, we will be back next week with another episode. I believe it's called Grandma Was a Rolling Stone, but I do not remember. Uh, thank you again for listening. Here is that brilliant speech from Feeney at the very end of this of the episode, Boys to Mensa. I guess I thought a guy had to be a genius to earn your respect. All my students have to do to earn my respect is try their hardest. I guess that's why you didn't bust Rick Lewis for failing this week's math quiz. That's right. He did the best he could. He just didn't understand the material. I consider the failure mine. And I will try my hardest to make sure Mr. Lewis understands the next assignment. Well, I think that's really cool of you, Mr. Feeney. I'm cool. God help me. (laughs) 